You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Rising Above Eight, Part Two. Be encouraged. We're going to praise Him right now. We're going to be full of the Holy Ghost right now. We're going to fill ourselves up with the life of Christ. We're going to worship Him and rejoice in Him and go forward in Him right now. We're not going to wait for a, for a, a passing of a, or a relieving of a regulation. We're going to praise Him now. We're going to praise Him right now in the midst of it. God hasn't missed a beat. We're going forward. We're flourishing during this time. Because our, our, our forward progress is not dependent upon the wisdom of man. It's not dependent upon uh, man's diagnosis of, or analysis of situations. It's not dependent upon uh, the civil uh, situations and social uh, decisions. Our forward progress is dependent upon our Father. Amen. He's not of this world. And if you put your faith in Christ, you're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. So that means our source, our wisdom, our, our view, our, our, our vantage point, our confidence comes from heaven. That means there ain't no stopping us now. Right? Hallelujah. So it's been a, 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 a tumultuous time in America in a challenging time around the world. But if the truth be known, and I think it's important, it's been a tumultuous time in earth since Adam fell. <laughs> and I, I, I understand it, but I sometimes get a kick out of people's reactions as if all of a sudden the world turned bad. Where have they been? What have they been listening to? What have they been studying? And what reality are they focusing on? The world turned bad the day Adam fell. And it's still bad. <laughs> All right? But we have an unshakable hope and joy and confidence. You can be in this world, but be in Christ. And shielded. Protected. Safe. From the dangers of this world. If you're in Christ. And you know what that means. John 14, 6. And, and you, you get plenty of the world's wisdom. I'm not going to give you any of that. I, 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 I turned my back on that over 30 years ago. I'm going to give you the reality of God's love for you. I'm going to give you the truth of God's word. Is that all right? Jesus made it very clear in John 14, 6. You understand Jesus was on earth at a tumultuous time. You understand his people were being oppressed by the Roman. And there are all kinds of unjust things being done. And you understand that Jesus, really, I don't think he ever addressed the Romans. Who did he address? Who did he rebuke? The religious leaders who were making their tradition a new religion instead of the truth of God. He came against the people who were in religious leadership positions who weren't preaching the good news of God's amazing love. Who were laying weights on people with their religious tradition. So what was wrong with Jesus? Didn't he get it? Yeah, he got it. 
The greatest reality, the liberty people are looking for is found in him. And he made this statement, John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. I am the way. I'm the way into the freedom, the liberty, the justice you're looking for. We can say, well, we can dismiss what he said or we can embrace it. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Isn't that wonderful, your search for the way, for the answers, for the truth, for real life is over when you come to Jesus. And it's challenging to me to see so many Christians searching for answers. Christ is it. Give your whole self to Him. Surrender every conclusion to Him. Let renew your mind to the truth of what He said. Give Jesus the right of way in your thinking and let him show himself to you as the way, the truth, and the life. I know many will not agree with this, but Jesus is the answer for all of the pains of mankind. I'm not interested in trying to get you to, to come to my religious thing. I don't have a religious thing. I'm just a guy living on planet earth who believes in Jesus. I'm interested in you rising above the noise of man's wisdom and getting some real answers and experiencing powerful transformation from the inside out. That's what I'm interested in. I've got no stick to try and sell you. I've got no gimmick. I've got no angle. I'm done with all of that. I gave that up over 30 years ago when I came to Jesus and realized He was everything I was looking for, everything that everybody's looking for, and so much more. Can we just lay our lives down and accept Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life? Can we stop running around like Chicken Little with our heads cut off saying the sky's falling and start saying, Jesus, you're the way, you're the truth and the life, and everything you said is so in my life. I grab a hold of all that you provided for me through your death, burial, and resurrection, and I declare that I'm a new creation in you, that you've washed me clean, I'm free from condemnation, I'm strong in you, you bore my sicknesses, you carried my diseases, I'm the healed of God, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm a new creation in God. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Your joy is my strength. You have become my wisdom. You have become my righteousness. You've become my sanctification. You've become my justice. You are my justifier. You are my redeemer. You're seeing to it that things are made right in my life. See, if you don't give your whole self to Jesus, you'll do, you'll do you know, Christianity and this, and that, and that. Because to a lot of people, Christianity is a, a side thing. It's a, it's a nice little thing we keep on the side, and we have our rituals, we have our traditions, but we need to supplement it with other things because we're, you know, there's real life out there. 
Hey, my spit's like Lysol. I'll tell you right now. It kills germs. Lysol spitting pastor. That's me. But when you embrace Christ for who he is, you will not look anywhere else for answers. Let me say that again. When you embrace Christ for who he is and give every thought, dream, and desire to him, you will no longer look anywhere else for answers. He's that good and so much gooder. Hallelujah. So there's only one solution for the pains of mankind. It's Jesus. I don't know what else to tell you. It's true anyway. If I didn't say it, it'd still be true. If I said something contrary to that, it wouldn't be true. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be, be involved in a sham. I don't want to get taken for a ride that leads to nowhere. Jesus is what you're looking for. Not man's religion, not man's religious Jesus, but the Jesus that's written about in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Acts. So we're going to go into some history of, of the human race. Can we do that? In some history of mankind today, because we want to rise above all the noise, rise above the hate and the accusations and the and, and all of the stuff going on and the fear and the insecurity and the condemnation and the um, nasty things that are being said. We we don't live there. We live above that. We live differently. We walk in the life and light and love of Christ, and it's the love of Christ. That will heal mankind. That's right. Amen. And it's the love of Christ that has been shed abroad in everyone who's put their faith in Him. Isn't that good? Amen. Yes, the love of God's been shed abroad in you. The same love that was in Jesus is shed abroad in you when you put your faith in Him. Hallelujah. Let's just review a few things from last week. We said human love doesn't work. Why does human love not work? Well, there's a number of reasons, but one of the reasons human love doesn't work is because it's about me. It's about how I feel right now. It's about what I want. It's about what I think. That's human love. And it doesn't work because you know the way you feel could change. Human love can turn from I'm all for you to I hate you in a moment. We've seen it over and over again. Human love doesn't work. It's shallow. It's selfish. It's based on how I feel at the moment, what I want from you at the moment, what I'm thinking is right at the moment. But God's love is totally different. God's love is not based on how I feel. God's not based on what I want from you. God's love is based on who He is, and that is unchanging. He's kind, he's patient, he's gracious, he's abounding in loving kindness, he's merciful, he's just, he's righteous, and he can't be anything else, contrary to those things. So we're not looking for human love, we need God's love 
to reign, to dominate in our lives. And that's simply a choice that we make every day. To let the love of Christ lead the way in our decisions. We said that Satan is the God of this world. God is not controlling what's going on. He's not causing it. And he's not allowing it. Alright? That's, that's error. That's, that's a, a erroneous theology. Man-made. Taught by uh, spirits of darkness. We don't give in to those things. Jesus taught us better than that. Right? The last thing that Satan wants is for people to realize that Jesus is the answer. Satan is the God of this world. Jesus showed us that clearly. Right? When Jesus ministered in this earth, he had to do a lot of rebuking. He had to come against sickness and disease. He had to come against poverty. He had to come against uh, demonic possession. He had to come against weather patterns. None of those things were from his father. Right? He taught us that. Come on, you got to know this. None of those things were from his father. Why? Because a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Anything Jesus rebuked was not from his father. Right? Whew, boy, oh boy, don't get me going there. So Satan, the God of this world, is doing everything he can to stress you out, freak you out, and get your attention off the reality of God's love for you. That's what he's up to. So if he can get your attention off of what Christ has done for you and how real and powerful he is, Satan can steal from you. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he's up to. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that Satan can take advantage of us if we're ignorant of his schemes, ignorant of his devices, fear, worry, anxiety, racism, hatred, selfishness, pride, arrogance, conceit, vanity. If we're ignorant of those things, Satan can take advantage of us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and start at verse 10. Wake yourself up, clap your hands, do a dance, do something. God has a word for you this morning. If you'll let the Holy Spirit minister to you through the spoken word this morning, you will not be the same. Daily, God is desiring to bring about transformation in us. Every day is an opportunity to go higher in Him. This is how He thinks. He's looking to lift us up and take us higher into the reality of who we are in Him. Don't you get off of that. Don't you let what's going on in the world move you from your true purpose is growing in Him, knowing in Him, growing and knowing, moving forward, going higher in Him. Don't let the things going on in the world move you away from this, the Word of God. Don't let them do it. Don't let the enemy do it. You stay on it. You stay in it. You stay with it. You keep, keep your eyes upon His promises. 
Keep feeding on it. Give attention to His Word. Incline your ears to His sayings. Don't let them depart from your mouth. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are the life you're looking for. They are the cure and the remedy and the medicine for your whole body. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren. This is written by the Apostle Paul to the believers at Ephesus. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I know that when I'm getting tired, I'm relying on my own strength. I know when I find myself weary, I've been trying to carry the load. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of His might. It's like the difference between power steering. Have you ever driven a vehicle that had no power steering? Wow, what a difference. I mean, I just want to turn and you got you got to move that wheel. And then you get a vehicle with power steering. It's like, that's the difference. That's what life is like when you're trying to do things in your own strength, man. It's heavy. It's heavy. You got to... I just want to go over here, but, I, but when you're letting the Lord lead you, it's like, okay, there we go, okay, okay, yeah, right? His yoke is easy, his load is light. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Listen, a lot of people think this talk of the devil is foolishness. They think it, it's just ridiculous. It's for unlearned people. It's for ignorant people who are, who, are made, who are creating these religious ideas, who are afraid to face reality. But listen, if I don't believe that Tom Brady is going to play for the Buccaneers, it doesn't matter. He's going to play for them anyway. All right? In other words, what we believe doesn't change what's true. Right? So no matter what I believe, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No matter what I believe, Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. No matter what I believe, Satan is real and he's the God of this world. So why, why keep being on the outside, getting taken advantage of? Why not accept the truth of God's word and recognize what Satan's up to? He's real whether you believe in him or not. So we put on the full armor of God so that we can stand firm against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. People. Our struggle, the issues we're dealing with, the source of them is not people. Come on, come on. Man, is this an eye opener. Yeah. This will change the way you live if you accept it. This doesn't alleviate us of our responsibilities. This is not saying someone is not accountable for something they've done. We are accountable for the things we've done. And we need to be held accountable according to the law. Yeah. That's what the law is for. 
Fallen nature needs that. The fallen nature needs to know that if I do this, I'm in trouble. That's the only deterrence the fallen nature has. But there's a greater reality. There's something beyond the actions of men that is in the realm of the Spirit. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against who? The rulers, the powers, the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Wow. The Bible is so eye-opening. Yeah. I know it's been wrongly taught, but that doesn't take away from the validity of it and your need for it. That's right. If you are not skilled in dividing this word rightly, yeah. you are easy prey for Satan. If you are not skilled and educated in the realities of what Christ did for you as recorded in the scriptures, the Holy Bible, you are easy prey for Satan. It's time to be skilled in the reality of who you are. Skilled in the finished work of Christ so that you can apply it daily to each situation you face. And resist and stand firm in the midst of this world. You keep going forward. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 goes along with Ephesians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 says this. For though we live in the world, we're not a make-believe people. That's what religion does. It, it creates a make-believe God. And it doesn't work. We, we, are, we are the ones who refuse to accept anything else but the reality of what God said. Because is, He is the reality that sets you free. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Hello. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Hello. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? Something that has a strong hold on somebody. A system of thinking. A way of looking at things that keeps people doing wrong things, acting in wrong ways. It's a way of thinking that keeps people in bondage and you can't change that with natural worldly weapons. You can't change that with legislation and social policies. You, the only way that that can be changed is for the Holy Spirit to come in contact with the heart of man. And for the heart of man to yield to the Holy Spirit. And that is done when his people begin praying for the world around them. Your prayers open the door for God to move in this earth. So instead of sitting there and watching news story after news story, come on, you can get the whole scoop in two minutes. Start opening your mouth and praying in the Spirit for, for the leaders of our nation, for the leaders of our states, 
for the leaders of our counties and towns. Pray in the Spirit. We need Holy Spirit prayers. We don't need woe is me, woe is me prayers. Those are fleshly carnal prayers. We need Spirit-led prayers. It is Spirit-led prayers that enable God to move in this nation. Casting down imaginations. This is what our prayers do. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is what our prayer life does. It brings down strongholds over individual people, over families, over areas, over regions, and over nations. It's time for us to wake up, start praising Him, start shouting, start jumping up and down. Man, I hope you're not buying into this world's panic and fear. And Listen, if you're... If you're talking to people in your workplace, you should be a light. Don't join in with this negative mantra of how bad things are. I was got got into a store yesterday, had to get something, and I'm you know observing the tape on the floor, and and I hear the guy in front of me saying, "This is the new normal, huh?" And the lady behind the counter, "Yeah, well, you know." Oh, I have no new normal for me. I'll tell you my new normal is when Jesus rose from the dead. That's my new normal. The resurrection power of Christ. That's my new normal. New normal. You kidding me? You got no new normal for me. I've been changed. I've been risen with Christ. No one can bring me down. Come on, you're risen with Christ. You're a new creation. I'm not going to take you down to some level down here that man can figure out. You're seated with Christ. The only normal for you is walking on water. Any one of us faith in me will do what I've been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I go to the Father and I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. That's our new normal. Hallelujah. So the Word of God opens our eyes to a whole new way of living. And, and we get a, a real education in history when we look at the Word of God. Let's look at some history of the human race. How far back should we go? 100 years? No. All right, how about 250? No. All right, how about 400? No. You got to go all the way back before mankind was created. If you want to get the real scoop, you do. You have to see man. Man just falls short. Well, if you go back to such and such, and no, you got to go all the way back to before the creation of mankind. How are you going to do that? Through the, the Bible, through the scriptures, God shows us the source of our problems. 
It's funny how people get, you know, they'll, they'll get mad at God, but then you give them an answer from God's word and they don't want to accept it. Well, then you have, what are you mad about then? I mean, if God has an answer for you and you don't accept it, I guess you got to be mad at yourself, right? God has answers for us. You know, it's not so bad getting mad, but if, if you reject an answer that will alleviate you from your anger and bring you into love and joy and peace, come on. God has answers for you in the Bible. Why not accept them and get free? And get new. Come into this new normal of resurrection life. So where does, where does this all start? Where does hatred for another human being come from? That's a real question. Where does this come from? Amazing how much time and energy you'll waste dealing with symptoms but never get to the source. Where does hatred for another human being come from? Let's find out. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. We're going to go all the way back before mankind was created. In the book of Luke? Yeah. Luke chapter 10. Where does hatred for another human being come from? Jesus anoints the 70, 70 of his disciples, and he sends them out to heal people and to deliver them and to preach the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. And man, they come back to Jesus and they're so excited, they say even the demons are subject to us. They're excited. They're seeing the kingdom of God in action. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, uh, we'll start right there. It says, The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Verse 18, look what Jesus said. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When did that happen? We're going to look at it in just a moment. But let's read verse 19. He says to his disciples, are you his disciple? Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. That's your new normal. And over all the power of the enemy. Over, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Come on, believers. Come on, sons and daughters of God. Get rid of your religious tradition and come in to the resurrection power of Christ. And nothing, this is Jesus talking, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. I got to keep moving. Help me, Holy Spirit. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. What is he talking about? When did Satan fall from heaven? We're talking about hatred for another human being and where it came from. It came from Satan. All right? Stay with me. Isaiah chapter 14. Let's look at this enemy that we're facing. Before he was named Satan, which means adversary, his name was Lucifer, which means light bearer. This is not a myth. This is not a religious fairy tale to get people to join some cult. This is, these are spiritual realities that are found in the scriptures. 
and you should know them. You should be skilled in them and able to rightly divide the word of God so that you can stand firm against Satan's schemes. Isaiah 14, we're going to hear what Lucifer said. We're going to see his attitude before he fell. Isaiah 14, starting in verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, here's Satan's attitude, I want you to notice all the I, all the me, my I. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. This was Lucifer's attitude. It wasn't always like that. We don't know how long he was around before he developed this attitude. But at some point in time, he became arrogant and conceited and vain and prideful and jealous and hateful of God. And said, I need to be sitting on his throne. And we know from the scriptures that there were some angels that, that agreed with him and rebelled with them. And we know from Luke chapter 10, verse 18, how long his rebellion took. Like lightning falls from heaven. All right? This has everything to do with what we're seeing in the world today. Don't make the mistake of thinking this is some old religious fairy tale. This has everything to do with the junk that's going on in the world today. Satan is the hater of mankind. Yeah. Now, Satan hated God before God created man. Right? This was before man was made. All right? Now follow me on this. Let's see if I can get this out right. All right, here we go. Genesis, we're not going to have to turn there. We're, we're going to try and get through this, so you can look at this later. But Satan was cast down from heaven. Remember, he hated God. Man wasn't in the earth yet. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. That's Genesis 1.1. Man wasn't on the earth yet. Something happened between verse 1 of Genesis 1 and verse 2. Okay? What happened? Satan and his demons were cast down to the earth. So in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. We don't know what time span passed there between verse 1 and verse 2. Satan rebels against God. He's cast down to earth. And verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, if you'll study it out in the Hebrew, it says the earth became a chaotic mess. Verse 2 of Genesis 1. Most Christians are completely ignorant of this because of the religious tradition. 
What happened between verse 1 and verse 2? Satan was cast down to the earth and he and his devils made, turned it into a, a, a place of destruction and a mess. What happened in verse 3? God stopped it. He said, light be. He spoke light into the earth. He spoke life into the earth. And from verse 3 on, everything changed. And the devil and his demons lost their authority because God's word entered the earth. And Satan could no longer bring about destruction in the earth. And God restored the earth to its original intent. Then his last marvel, the greatest of all, was his creation of man. He created man in his own image. That's why Satan hates man. Satan hated God before man was made. And when Satan saw God creating mankind in his image, he immediately hated man. Not only did God create man in his image, but God gave man sovereignty over the earth. Read through Genesis chapter 1 and 2. You'll see it. So Satan was furious, but he couldn't do anything about it because man was in authority under God's authority on the earth. And Satan had zero authority. Okay? You have to understand this. Now, Satan didn't stop. He couldn't do anything. The only thing he do, he said, if I can just get this man, because he knew, he knew that man was free. He knew God didn't create a robot. He knew this man was made in the image of God. He can say or do or believe whatever he wanted to believe. He said, if I, can, if I can get this man to choose to believe things that are not true, I can take him away from the Father. I can take him away from the one who made him. And that became Satan's strategy. To turn man away from God. You can see that in Genesis chapter 3. How did Satan turn man away from God? By getting man to believe things about God that were true. To believe that God was not good. That God had a hidden agenda. That God had a bad intentions. That God had a plan to keep his people down. And we know what happened. Adam chose to put his faith in Satan's ideas. What about you? Adam and Eve chose to put their faith in Satan's ideas, which are lies. Yeah, there's truth in the midst of them, mixed in there. But the conclusion is a lie. And the moment Adam put his faith in Satan, he rejected God and Satan stole the authority that God gave to Adam. He stole that authority over the earth and Satan became the God of this world. And man went from seeing clearly to being confused. Man went from being strong to being weak. Man went from living to dying. Now this happened in Genesis 3. And listen, the moment Adam separated himself from God and began to follow Satan, 
Mankind and the earth began to self-destruct. This shouldn't be news to us, but it is to so many. Man and the earth have been self-destructing ever since. Now, are you ready for this? I'm going I'm to get through this because you need to hear this today. Man became self-focused instead of God-focused. Genesis 3 is when Adam fell. Genesis 4, we have the first murder. Who is that between? Cain and Abel. Same family. Brothers, same father, same mother, same skin color. Didn't matter. Why? They'd been listening to Satan. They separated themselves from God. Abel brought an offering unto God. Hebrews 11 tells us that Abraham was living in faith. Or Abel, excuse me. Abel was offering a, a sacrifice unto God by faith, but Cain wasn't. Cain decided not to live by faith. And he got mad that God accepted Abel's sacrifice of faith. And he got jealous of his brother. And he began to hate his brother. And, and he murdered his own brother. Same skin color. Where does this hate come from? It came from Satan. Satan hated God. God made man. Satan hated man. Satan turned man against man. This is the source of it, friends. It's in the realm of the spirit. Your neighbor is not your problem. Satan is. And you have victory over Satan through Christ. If you get his word in your mind and stop listening to the wisdom of man, if you will make this book your new way of thinking, That was Genesis chapter 4. Cain was listening to the wrong voices. He was focused on himself. That's right. And everything continued to go downhill after that. Genesis 4. We're just going to skim through real fast here. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Listen what God said about the condition of man. In Genesis chapter 6. Verse 5, every imagination of man's thoughts was evil continually. You haven't seen that. Oh, I, I, I have to chuckle when people say this is hell on earth. Are you kidding me? You have no idea what hell is. We've not seen hell on earth. Every imagination of man's thoughts was evil continually. We haven't seen that. We haven't even come close to that. This is Genesis 6. This is a long time ago. Except for Noah, God found one man, one family who was willing to live by faith. Out of the whole earth. Wow. Then in Genesis chapter 11, man begins to exalt himself and say, listen, we can build a tower to heaven. We can be above God. We know better than God. We're educated and sophisticated now. We have universities. We have science labs and computers and microscopes and technology. We know better. And something happened in Genesis chapter uh, 
Yes, Genesis chapter 11, man exalts himself above God. And in order to save the human race, God had to confuse their language. And that's when languages came into earth. They couldn't talk to each other anymore. And God had to scatter them around the earth. He did it. He always does what he does out of love because they would have destroyed themselves. You see, God constantly attempting to save mankind. And man constantly rejecting him and trying to exalt himself above God. It's this regular pattern and it's nasty and it's ugly. But Jesus is the answer. And you know, it's interesting you think about that. Uh, if you go to the, I love it, I think they do a great job, uh, a team of scientists, the Institute for Creation Research, I think is the name of it. But they talk about when, when Adam fell, they, they feel at that point in time the earth shifted on its axis. And the entire environment and climate of the earth changed. Storms, hurricanes, earthquakes, all the, 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 the natural disasters we see began happening in the earth. And now here's Genesis chapter 11. God scatters people over the earth. Well, this is where skin color comes into play. This makes sense. What do they call that? The stuff you have in your skin? Melanin? Melanin is what we have in our skin that makes it lighter or darker. I grew up in a family. I had a grandma from Finland. She was light. And Finland's further north of the equator. And from what I learned in my science classes, they said that the different skin colors are conducive to the climate that people were in. So if you have a lighter skin color, it was better for if you're further north of the equator. Doesn't that make sense? It's nothing against anyone. So my, my relatives could handle the climate of Finland better because their skin was lighter. They had lighter hair, lighter eyes. But the closer you got to the equator, you could handle the climate better if your skin was darker. That makes sense, doesn't it? Listen, don't get mad about this stuff. We love people. No matter what color their skin is. I'm not trying to... Listen, racism is when you hate someone for their differences. We don't achieve and appreciate and enjoy equality by saying, um, you know, we're every, we do everything the same, we're all the same. There are differences about us. My skin's lighter than some. That doesn't mean I'm better. Doesn't mean I'm worse. Are we okay talking about this? People are so on ready to, to fight. Listen, man, if... <laughs> there are natural reasons for the scattering of the nations. Not because anyone was better than anyone else. Because man was trying to destroy themselves. Okay? So there are reasons that, that some of our skin is lighter or dark. Now today, we live in all kinds of... We can live anywhere with the way travel is. And so it's not so much of a, 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 a geographical uh, concern anymore, right? Every, things have changed. But there are reasons. God scattered people. He moved them, and our skin colors change. What color is God? I don't care. Why, why would you even ask that question? Because you're thinking flesh. You're thinking carnally. People try and make Jesus out to be the same color as them. Listen, Jesus didn't look like me. I don't want him to look like me. Why does that even matter? He was from the Middle East. He was an Israeli. I, I, my grandmama's from Finland. <laughs> Is this okay to talk about? We should be able to talk about this stuff and not be upset. There's not one nation better than another. We're all made in the image of God. 
Jesus didn't look like me. I don't need to make a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus to feel better. Come on. That's carnal thinking. That's flesh thinking. I want Jesus to be just who he wants. He came through the nation he came through for reasons I may not even understand. But that doesn't matter to me. I'm from Finland or wherever I'm from. I need Jesus to be Jesus to me. We don't look at people this way anymore. Man, I appreciate different skin colors. I'm thankful for different shades of color. It makes the world a beautiful place, doesn't it? Can you imagine if we had a color with one crayon? You, they, they don't give you a box with one crayon in it, do they? Come on, they get all kinds of colors in there. Why? So you can make a beautiful picture. So that you can make artwork. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Then in Genesis chapter 12, God finds a man that will take him at his word, Abe. Became Abraham, right? And from Abraham, God builds a people who will follow him, who are choosing to believe him and follow him. And he, it was God's desire that they would be a nation based on faith, not on their skin color. Man, oh man, this is good stuff. I hope you're not too mad to listen to this. God desired to have a nation that was built on faith in him and not skin color. And he said, through this nation, all nations will be blessed. This nation of faith. That's supposed to be the church, right? And the church is made up of every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every skin color. We're to be people of faith that don't look at other people according to the outside, but according to the inside. We look at the heart, not at the flesh. <laughs> Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Galatians 3, verse 6. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. If you're from Finland, you can become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. If you're from South America, you become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. If you're from Russia, you become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. If you're from the Philippines, you become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathens through faith, preached before all, preached, the, uh, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. What nation is God from? The nation of faith. He's a God of faith. In thee all nations shall be blessed. So then, then, which, then, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Hmm. We're running out of time here. See, this is God's heart. 
God had to scatter mankind around the earth because of man's arrogance and they were going to destroy themselves. So our, our skin colors changed. Our languages changed. That didn't make any language or any skin color any more important than another. There were natural reasons for that. There were skin colors that are suitable to different climates. But God made man in his image. And what nation is God from? He's from the nation of faith. He's looking for people from every nation, from every tongue, from every tribe that will simply believe him. And let's finish this morning with John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 16. Hallelujah. Regardless of the condition of man, it has always been God's heart to love and to bless mankind. And when one people group exalts itself above another, it's a rejection of God. Hallelujah. John 3.16. This is how much God loved the world. This is from the message translation, John 3.16. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. By believing in Him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life, even in 2020, you bet. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending His Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in Him is acquitted Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind son of God when introduced to him. This is the crisis we're in. Hello. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. This is the crisis we're in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God-light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes God-light. So the work that can be seen, so the work can be seen for the God work it is. You see, when we, we start rightly dividing the Bible, we realize that mankind was made in the image of God. 
man rejected God. Satan became the God of this world. Satan turned man against man. It didn't matter what the skin color was. Hatred for another mankind comes from Satan and came from the fall of man. But listen, where does love for another human being come from? comes from God and only from Him. So hatred for another human being comes from Satan and comes from the fall of mankind. But love for another human being comes from God the Father and God the Father alone. And listen, when we're giving ourselves to God, when we're letting His love reign in us, we will love others as He loves us. We will look at others as God looks at them. And nothing will transform the world around us more than this. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the God light that came into the world through your son, Jesus Christ, to teach us it's not about uh, what nation we're from. It's not about what skin color we have. It's about how much you love us. It's about who you are and what you've done for us. It's about uh, you desiring to be the father of the human race. You desiring to be the father of every man, woman, and child. You desiring to lead us into the abundant life. To get us back to the life that you came to give us. To reveal to us your original intent. Holy Spirit, we thank you for opening our eyes with God light with God love. Hallelujah. With God light. That we wouldn't try and make Jesus be like us, but we'd surrender to Jesus and be like Him. Be God in our lives, Lord Jesus. No matter what color our skin is, be God to us. We make you Lord of our lives. We stop looking at you from a carnal perspective. We stop looking at others from a carnal perspective. And we look at you with our heart. And we believe that you are the way. You are the truth. And you are the life. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.